The forgiveness of sins earned on Good Friday and declared on Easter is the key to sharing peace with others. Our Lord extended his hands on the cross to be pierced by nails, and he extends those very same hands to us and says, Peace be with you. May this same peace fill your hearts and minds to overflowing, that you'd be willing to share this peace with others. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, peace is something that seems to be in short supply in the world today. People long for peace and, and run after peace in so many different ways, and they can't really seem to find it. And so running and trying to find that peace, either we keep on running trying to find it or we settle for something that isn't peace, but at least isn't the alternative. But the book of Hebrews tells us that we have a great high priest who can sympathize with us. A great high priest who knows our weaknesses. Who knows what we're going through. Who knows what we need. Even better than we know what we need. Oftentimes we get it wrong. We think we know exactly what we need, but in reality we don't know at all. But Jesus is always right. He always is looking out for our very best and he knows exactly what that is. Jesus knew what we needed. And that's why he came into our world to atone for our sins. Jesus knew what we needed, and that's why he came into that locked room filled with terrified, running, not knowing what to do next to disciples on that very first Easter evening. To give them forgiveness. To give them lasting peace. Peace that they so desperately needed. The forgiveness and true peace that he had just accomplished for them on the cross, he was giving to them in the victory of his resurrection. Jesus knew what they needed. Our great high priest knows. Yes, Jesus knew. He knew their fears. He knew the confusion that was swirling in their minds, the turmoil raging in their hearts. He knew the feelings of guilt and shame that were tormenting their souls. He knew. He knew the overwhelming burden of their failure that was weighing heavy upon them. He knew the doubts. The doubts that were driving them to despair. Doubts like, would they be forgiven for what they had done? Would they be forgiven for what they had failed to do? Could they be forgiven for all of that? Jesus knew. He knew that even when he appeared to them, that they would wonder if he were a ghost or if it was his spirit haunting them. When he returned a week later, he knew what Thomas had said in his stubborn unbelief. Yes, Jesus, your great high priest, knows. He knows the questions and he has the answers. Maybe not the answers that we want, but the answers that we need. He answers our sin 
and guilt with his forgiveness. He answers our death with his resurrection. He answers our fear with his presence and his peace. He has conquered it all. And now he gives us his victory. That we may not be unbelieving, but believing. And rejoice in him. Now, like I said with the kids in the children's message, was God with them in that room behind locked doors because God is present everywhere anyways? Yes, absolutely. But that didn't seem to be much comfort. Jesus knew they needed not just a, well, we know he's here somewhere, God, but he knew they needed a, he's here for me now, Savior. Jesus knew that, so he came to them in the flesh to raise them from their sin and fear to new life in him. And you know what? Jesus knows that we need that as well. I know God is with me because he's everywhere. doesn't always cut it, does it? It doesn't always cut it when we're locked in fear and sin, darkness and death. In times like that, it can seem as if God is a million miles away, even if we know the truth. So it was with the disciples, so often it is with us. And so Jesus, who was soon to ascend, not only comes to his disciples, but then he sends them out to do what he has done for them, to give what he has given to them, and to speak what he has spoken to them. To go to those still behind locked doors or locked in dying bodies or those who lock the doors of their hearts in fear. To go out to them and to give them Jesus. Not to be a poor substitute, but to give them their Savior. To give them Jesus. To go to them with him. With his spirit, with his peace, with his forgiveness and life with his presence and love. In our text, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now, we usually associate those words with the absolution in church, and rightfully so. But they're even more than that. They include wherever Christ and his forgiveness and his life are given. In absolution, yes, absolutely. But also in baptism, in the proclamation of the gospel, and in the Lord's Supper. Jesus wants his answer, his forgiveness, his victory, his life, himself, to be given, to be given lavishly to people everywhere and in every need through the means that he has established to do just that. And so he sends his disciples out into all the world to bring his Easter to all the world, his victory to all the world. And now, years later, but in the very same way, his word and his victory have come here to this place. Jesus knows what you need. 
And so he comes to you right here, right now. He comes to raise us and to give us his spirit, to give us the forgiveness of our sin, to give us new life. As he touches us in baptism, as he speaks to us in the gospel and the absolution, as he feeds us in his holy supper. Why? Because we absolutely need it. We are in need. That's not a secret. We have needs. The one quick glance at our prayer list will see that. But those are just the needs that we know of. We all can think of needs in our life, struggles in our life, the difficulties that plague us. Sometimes we're in need and we know it, like the crowds, coming for what we need and couldn't be kept away no matter what. But yet, at other times, maybe we're like the disciples, locked in sin and fear. Those sinful thoughts and deeds shaming us into hiding from God and from from his word. And maybe yet at other times we've been deceived into thinking that we're doing just fine on our own. And so we don't realize our desperate need. And we become proud or indifferent. Or sometimes maybe we're just too tired, too busy or too consumed with our calendars to read God's word, to study, to pray, to come here to God's house to receive his gifts to confess. But here's the deal. However you are, Jesus knows. Jesus knows and he knows what you need even better than you do. And so he's here. He's here. Just as he came for the disciples, so he comes for you and me today. Because he knows that really it's only a matter of time before sin catches up to all of us. When our doing just fine turns out to be not so fine at all. When health, wealth, and happiness go away. When all words of hope and encouragement go silent. When friends that we thought we could count on have left the building. When death rears its ugly head either for you or for a loved one. And we're exposed for who we truly are. Dying sinners. Easter is God's answer. Easter is God's answer to a dying world. His word of hope, of a future, of forgiveness and new life. It's the word of everlasting life from the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And his word to you is this. I died for you, that you may live. I died for you, that you who are sinners may be forgiven. I died for you, that you who are captive to fear and death would be set free. I died for you and rose for you to give all of this to you. To give everything that you need to lead a holy life, die a blessed death, and live forever. Those terrified disciples needed to hear that on that first Easter night. And we, as his disciples today, need to hear that same word too. And the world around us is filled with people who need to hear that word. Maybe some are not ready yet, thinking they're doing just fine on their own. 
But many are ready to hear that word now, and many will be. And just as the disciples were sent out, just as pastors are sent out, so too each and every one of you are sent out. Sent out into your callings, into your families, into your homes and schools, workplaces and neighborhoods. Sent out that the Lord would fill the world with his word of life, his forgiveness, his good news. Because there are some locked doors to homes or hearts where perhaps only you are able to go. Places where the church is not welcome. Places where the pastor is not welcome. But maybe you are. And you who have received such wonderful grace and gifts by the word and spirit of our Lord can speak God's word of hope, of peace, of forgiveness in life. And so, and in so doing, bring Christ to a dying world. To bring his hope to a dying world. To say to those who are locked in sin and in fear and in death, fear not. Fear not, for Christ has risen. His forgiveness is for you. His life is for you. His resurrection is for you. And so fear not. The grave cannot hold him, and it will not hold those who are his own. Peace. Be with you. Yes, Jesus knows what you need. And so he comes today to give you himself. Today he bids you not to place your fingers into the holes in his hands or thrust your hand into his side. But instead he places his body in your mouth and pours his blood over your lips. The very same body and blood that Thomas and the others touched given for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, for the strengthening of your faith, to raise you to life again. Which again is, is important and vital for us because Satan is not going to give up. A quick look around, you know, is an example of that. To see what's going on in our country and our world quickly confirms that fact that Satan will not give up. But no matter what we see going on in our lives, in our world, fear not. Fear not. The devil did not win. The devil will not win. Jesus, in his resurrection, shows that there is no foe, there is no trouble, there is no doom that is greater than he is. He is, as we heard from Revelation, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth. He is the one who has the keys of death and hell. He's the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And that one comes for you now. And he knows what you need. He knows you can't do it on your own, and so he does it for you. He gives you his grace, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness. And so fear not. For he is with you always. Amen.